everybody to the sample hour. This is round four. So we're live from Rob Kaiser's high tunnel, and there's been some barley wine and beer involved and cold equipment, me testing equipment to make sure it works because it's seven outside. Live. Live. Live <laughs> out in the seven degrees. And we are recording. We are, yeah. We cleaned the snow off today. Uh, you'll see the pictures here in the post. But uh, the snow is back. We're live in Rob's high tunnel. The grass is plush. I feel like I've said this all before because I have. And uh, if anybody doesn't know who Rob Kaiser is, check out the Urban Farmer podcast and Permaculture Voices. Check out the Survival Podcast with Jack Spirico. Rob, Rob actually does a, a really good job of talking about uh, what he has going on, being a farmer. Him and I are both part-time farmers. We both have full-time sales gigs. And then we're... Our real passion, I would say, is farming. What about you? Um, no, no, no. It is for me, but but I think the passion is permaculture. Yeah. Um, which applied in the world that I live in involves farming, but I think that to get to the to the root of it, the passion is permaculture, and just the way that. I'm able to implement it in my life is through farming. And the, I think the big takeaway though, is whether, whether you farm or not, you can apply permaculture in your life, regardless of what you do. Even if you have no farming experience, I just got lucky in the fact that my background is in the green industry and that's yeah. what I've done for half of my life. So this is like the next natural step or progression for me. But whether your computer, whether your background's in computer programming or whatever the case may be, if you're if you're listening to this yeah. via permaculture or you're it's you like, found it some other way, there's there's a myriad number of ways to implement it in your life, excluding the life of farming. And we've had we had uh, I've had the Duke of permaculture on, this yeah, is Paul Wheaton, a couple episodes, yeah. And, uh, and we, we, we hit on what permaculture is. I mean, I've had Steve Whitman on. Um, I was largely inspired because of the film Inhabit. And then what was really cool was, I, you know, I get on Facebook, and Facebook is kind enough to just keep referring you friends that you'll think you have in common. So I, I ended up being friends with all these cool people. I had no idea who they were. And then I'd see them pop up in podcasts. And I'm like, oh, f fuck, I'm friends with this guy. <laughs> and you were one of them. I mean, I know, I know uh, you know, Joel... Um, who is big time me for this podcast, but I'm just teasing. Him and I are, are partners in our, our venture. We're both into permaculture as well. Um, we're really into it's, 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 but you know, when you look at what Joel Salton does, I, I would argue that he does permaculture with animals for sure. And I think that, but you know, to, to, to tie it all in is that, you know, I remember, uh, Joel was telling me, you know, Curtis was doing this podcast with Diego with Permaculture Voices, and I was still really new to to like I had my my public lot, and I was still trying to figure out what I was doing in my yard and all this other stuff. And he's like, "Yeah, did you hear Rob Kaiser on it?" And I was like, "Who's Rob Kaiser?" And I look, and we were friends. And then I checked it out, and it turned out you were in his class, and you were talking about making it happen with the microgreens and everything else like that. But how did you get to where you are today? Because like we said before, we're in your your awesome hoop house, which when I got here this morning, it was like we were in another world. And you and I worked up a sweat in here, took our layers off, yeah, cleaning the snow off because it is actually pretty warm in here for being seven degrees outside. Right. 
<laughs> so, I mean, so what what got you on this path of permaculture? Like, what got you to where we are today, drinking barley wine and locally brewed beer in the hoop house in the middle of Medina? Sure. I don't, I, this is, that's kind of a cool question. I don't get asked, like, about the journey to permaculture all that all that frequently so this is this is kind of a yeah. neat thing to to talk about that's what and, i'm all about um, rob i'm all about figuring out how people get to where they are because everybody has their path and everybody just needs to take it yeah and that's that's so hopefully what i'm about to say is going to resonate with some people because you know my my story is different than your story which is different than everybody everybody's got their own story so so here we go. Um, my my background was in the in the green industry. I started working at nurseries and garden centers uh, when I was nineteen. I first started selling Christmas trees one winter break from college, and then every time I would come back, I would go back to that same garden center because it was it was cool work. I like to work outside, and. <clears throat> um, during that, during that time, I, I, my, my entry into the green industry, I had dropped out of college because I was studying philosophy and English at OU. And um, was Jackio's around back then? That's my question. Do what? Jackio's brewing because you know Jackio's they brew great beer in Athens. Not to totally per, drew per, up the conversation. No, perhaps, but but it. At that point, um, as far as the, I mean, I mean beer, beer is an it's, it's an adult alcoholic beverage, yeah. and it it, you know, enough of it will cause inebriation. <laughs> I was, I was, with my philosophy studies, I was more interested in other, uh, other types in, of inebriative substances. Okay. We'll just say that. So that sounds good. That 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 in part led to my. Uh, discontinuing of my studies and my journey, per- literally and figuratively. Yeah. Um. So I, I I left OU and came back and started working full time at this at this garden center. And while I was there, I realized that I could go to school and study plants. Yeah. And a guy that was there, he was the manager, was going to school at ATI, which is the Ohio State University Agricultural Technical Institute. And um, I could go on and on and on with every little detail, but for the sake of time, I won't. Long story short is studied, uh, studied, you know, studied plants, went to school, and that was great. And took an internship, went out to Colorado, ended up working at a tree farm uh, for Valley Crest in Parker, which is just south of Denver. Did that for a few years. Uh Moved on to another company, another tree farm in the Denver area, Aurora specifically. I don't think that company's in business any longer. That was Cherry Creek Tree Farms. And um, had got into a car accident because I, I have epilepsy. So I had a, I had a pretty pretty wicked uh, car accident. I had a seizure behind the wheel. and um, That's terrible. And it, yeah, it, it, it can be. So I ended up moving back here as a part of the whole recovery process. Got settled here, worked for a couple years back at that same nursery. Didn't feel like I had much of a future there. It was a very small mom and pop place. I'm, I was in my late 20s at this point. <clears throat> now mid-20s, I guess. So I decided to move down to 
I wanted I wanted to continue my journey in the nursery industry. So yeah. At that point, there's I had some friends in North Carolina. I also had dreams and aspirations of hiking the Appalachian Trail. And then I also had some ideas about maybe moving out west to Oregon, which is yeah. where there's a there's a huge nursery industry on the west coast of Oregon. Big lots of growers. And uh, they do, sh- they ship all over the nation. So I ended up going the route of North Carolina because I was, I was really stoked on the Appalachian Trail. I was at a point in my life where I was trying to figure things out, didn't really know what I was doing. Had some friends that were down there and I went down there to hike. And um, that, that's a whole nother story. <laughs> I, I got an injury before I could even start hiking, uh, so I, I had to come back here and was in a walking cast because I shattered my ankle. So I, you know, was back at work. So all these, yeah. all these, like it, it keeps returning of you coming back to Ohio, mm-hmm. like coming back home, definitely to the Buckeye State. So at, at this point, once I came back, I, you know, I moved down. I I loved North Carolina so much, so I, I moved down there. The yeah. four years I was down there. I got involved in old time music. I play old time music, um, nice. banjo, a little bit nice. of fiddle, and that was a big part of it. the 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 old time music community was also very involved in food and eating, yeah. and and uh, there was, so there was this crossover with the slow food movement. And I also apprenticed on an organic farm while I was down there, basically, so I could get free veggies and yeah, just t- be able to tell people, you know, and then have the whole farm experience, you know, I didn't really know what I was doing, but, but looking back now, like 10 years ago, and then some that, that factored into where I'm at now. So long story short, you know, I, I was, I had a couple low paying jobs while I was in North Carolina. My folks bought this property where we're at now. And I decided that I wanted to, in what year was that just, that was, uh, they, they bought this property in, 2000, 2007, okay. late 2007. So I, I ended up moving back here that winter, winter 2007, 2008. And then the idea was I was going to just work in a landscaping job and help them grow and develop this property into a farm. Cause that yeah. was, that was the idea that we talked about during the holidays. At that point, <clears throat> 2007, 2008, Everybody knows, we all know what happened with the housing bubble. Yeah. That whole thing burst and their plans for financing and building out here just went on the table. Um, do you think like real quick, just in yeah, hindsight, yeah. because of where we are today, do you think that was kind of a good thing in hindsight? For me personally? No, nah, just, 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 just in general, like, because maybe, because now that you guys aren't financing, you like we, you did this through a cost share program. So mm-hmm. you're thinking... I mean, and just thinking about permaculture, right? So, you know, it's your limitations. Like mo- most of the successes come from your limitations in, in reality or your designs come from limitations. So you think in, in, in hindsight, maybe it was a good thing that it burst because you are you had to do the things you, the way you do it now? Or, I mean, it's a weird it's, question, but you know what it, I mean? I understand what you're saying, and I, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. It's just that that is the thing. That yeah, is yeah. what it is. So... Like, how do you think things would have been different had the crash not taken place? I'll tell you. That's that's a better question. Yeah, yeah. So had it not happened the way that it did, <clears throat> I probably 
they, they probably would have begun the process of construction. I probably would have taken the job uh, working landscaping or whatever around here. And we would have gone into farming in a more traditional, conventional way. Yeah. And, um, and that would have been it. And that, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. No. But because it didn't go down that way, I reevaluated my plans and basically said, okay, here, I, I'm, I'm 30 years old now. Yeah. The original plan didn't work out the way it was going to work out. So, you know, I've been drifting my whole life. You yeah, know, I, yeah. my, my, during my 20s, I was just floating and drifting and doing lots of cool stuff in Colorado and North Carolina yeah. and hiking and backpacking and this and whatever. You know, it's great. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't change that for the world. Like yeah. those experiences made me who I am. But I turned 30, this all fell apart at least at that point. And the reevaluation of where I was at made me realize, okay, I'm 30 years old. I need, I need a real job and big yeah. air quotes right now. And, and so the real job was going to, I still wanted a real job in, in the green industry. And there's many facets of it, landscaping, lawn maintenance, forestry, um, farming, agriculture, marketing aspects of all that. I mean, you name it, it goes on and on and on, you know, fertilizer, horticultural products, um, yeah. everything. So I, <clears throat> I went down the road of utility forestry because primarily there was uh, an opportunity to be a utility forester. And for people that don't know, basically I would, utility foresters do surveys along power lines and i look at trees to identify risks for trees that might fall in or grow into power lines. And it's just part of utilities, vegetation management programs. But you still get to hang out in the woods. Yeah. I got paid to go hiking yeah. and enter information about trees in a computer. So it was, it was a sweet gig. And most yeah. of the time I was by myself. So it, it, it was awesome. But but ultimately, the, the part of the lure to that was if I did it because we were doing projects all over the place, I could fast track into a management position, which is what I wanted. I wanted to grow my career. And I, after doing a couple projects, I started running a couple projects, and then I started managing multiple projects, and then I was managing accounts, and then I had employees, and all of a sudden, within just a matter of years, I... I had 50 employees under me and was managing multi-million dollar accounts and didn't really know what I was doing, but I was doing it well. Yeah. And I was successful. You, you were figuring it out. And yeah, I was figuring it out. I was figuring a lot of things out. Yeah. And, and that's, that's ultimately like, this is a long winded story to kind of get back to where we are here. So during that process. That's of, what the podcast is for though. Yeah. Bob. <laughs> yeah during, during that process of figuring things out, like I realized I wasn't happy. Yeah. I was fat. Yeah. I was chain smoking a carton of cigarettes a week. I was drinking excessively. Yeah. And you weren't drinking because you enjoyed it like <laughs> what we're doing now because now I must say this barley wine, we got some rogue barley wine which uh I do the two beers. This guy Steve Patterson did this great podcast. He doesn't do it anymore. It's called Two Beers with Steve. But he said I can use it as much as I want. So this is like 
two beers and a growler with Rob right now. <laughs> but we got That's, a raw, we got a growler of aged barley wine from Rogue, and it's fucking delicious. It is delicious. Way. It really is. But, I like it when you talk, because then I can squeeze in a swig there. That's right. Yeah, I was trying to. I was trying to get because I know you're. You, you were looking at that barley wine. We've had the cap <laughs> off, and it was like you know I was getting swigs, and I'm asking you questions and everything else. But um, to get back to it, so I because I've been like you said, our paths aren't the same. Like I didn't. I wasn't doing cool jobs, but I was doing jobs that made me unhappy, and I got fat, and I was drinking not because I enjoyed crafted alcohol and i wasn't eating food that i enjoyed crafted food like i'm not like in the best shape that i could be in but i can you know I'm, 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 I'm fit enough like i mean i i can exercise i can get work done a lot of progress from where we were <laughs> yeah yeah but it's like you know we're, we're happier we enjoy yeah. the finer things in life like good food good alcohol which in the midwest i mean it's seven out what else, what else are we gonna do right now we were i was joking earlier i feel like i'm in rocky four Dude, like hiking through this layers of snow outside the hoop house. But I mean, I've I've been in the same point to where I don't I'm I'm unhappy and it's it's like, you know, fuck it. What's the point of this? Like I'm I'm just gonna like to me, you know, like I, I'm doing the things that I thought would make me happy and they're not making me happy. I don't have any internal peace. So I'm just gonna get fucked up all the time and make a party out of it like and that's what i that's where i was yeah at. it was and an I escape think, yeah it was an escape absolutely and 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 that's i mean that's where i was at it was traveling all week to get home on friday night late friday night to party to to get wasted to yeah. shut it down man to shut the brain down yeah and then spend saturday recovering <laughs> <laughs> To and then have to spend Sunday morning preparing for another week on the road to travel Sunday afternoon to get to the destination to be ready for another week on Monday. Yeah. And, and how was, and, and wash, rinse, repeat, where all man. were you traveling to? So you were living out of where traveling I, to where at, at that point I had an apartment in Cuyahoga Falls. Our corporate headquarters were in Kent, Ohio. Yeah. And the bulk of my time was spent in the Chicago metro area which was basically from even, I guess, portions of Indiana as well, uh, all throughout Chicago, northern Illinois, up into Wisconsin a little bit. That was one account, the ComEd account. And I, I also was involved in, I, it's irrelevant what the various accounts were, but I also, my, my territory was Indiana, Illinois, Wisconsin, Iowa, parts of Missouri, so pretty much the whole Midwest. Yeah. And but you were you had to travel outside of Ohio. Yeah. And prior to that, I was doing projects in North Carolina, South Carolina, Massachusetts, and everywhere. So, so you were living Texas. a life on the road yeah. like a professional wrestler. Yeah. Three hundred yeah. days out of the year. Road dogging it up. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's yeah. that's exactly what I was doing. So this it, it was twenty ten when when the change started to happen. I wasn't happy. My friend was getting married though. So he, it was an old friend from Colorado that I met in the early 2000s. And when we think about that, that was a long time ago. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's 2016 now. But, but yeah, you know, 15 years ago, I, I made a friend out there and we stayed in touch and he was getting married. And, you know, there was a whole bachelor party thing. And uh, so I went out to Colorado and we, we 
we reconnected out there and it was during that bachelor party where I kind of had a moment of clarity on the, actually like on the Colorado river because we had a little float trip and, um, and, and I realized that relationships with people mattered more than everything else I had going for me. The big career, the company truck, you know, the, this, the, that, and, and that really, that, that made me realize that that was one big part of my life that I was missing. I was surrounded by all these people all the time, but I didn't have close relationships with people. Yeah. And that, that really, that struck me. So a couple months after his bachelor party was his wedding. Yeah. So I go back to Colorado and I reconnect with a friend while I was at the wedding who was a mutual friend of ours in Colorado and she lived in California. So um, long story short, like we connected and um, actually connected prior to the wedding to share rental car costs and go in halvesies on a gift and yeah. whatever. But at the wedding, we, we really hit it off and started staying in touch. And I flew out there a couple times and thought maybe there's something here. You know, there's, I don't know. I, I, I like her. I think she likes me. And yeah. And after a few trips, that that was the case. Yeah. You know, we we there was something there, and it soon soon became time to start having the conversation. Well, what are we going to do? You want to move out here to Ohio? Maybe I'll move out there to California. She had a really good job. That's not to say that I didn't, but what I did have because the company that I worked for was was not not just nationally renowned. It was I mean we were international doing work in Canada. I, I decided to touch base with the regional operations manager out west, and and basically I was able to make a lateral move out there, and that was that was great. I, I was able to transition into a comparable management role in Southern California. So I I moved. I I, tra- I worked with my my uh, team here and and worked to get a, a replacement in place to start managing everything that I did. And I phased myself out and, um, and that was it. So I guess I, I, well, on account of Facebook and the, the yeah. memories thing that this is all coming up because it was five years ago. Yeah. I, I, I believe today, Yeah, five years ago today that I moved out of my apartment in Cuyahoga Falls and and then moved back in with my parents to save a few bucks for a few months before I made the move in June of 2011. Can we just call it Caucasian Falls? Because that's what everybody yeah, else calls much. around here. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, yeah. inside Ohio joke. Yeah, that's, well, if you're if you're in or around or from Ohio, you're you're probably laughing too. Yeah, because that's that is the truth. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, so you move out of Caucasian Falls. Yeah, I I move out. Ultimately, move to California, and the relationship with uh, with the girl that I moved out there for was great. Um, ultimately, it didn't work out, and that's okay. Uh, that's just the nature of relationships. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't work. Sometimes you grow together. Sometimes you grow apart. Yeah. And we grew apart, but we're still on, you know, we're on good terms. That's and, good. And that's, that's a good thing. Absolutely. You know, I, I don't, I have no beef with her at all. It's just, it, we were in different places in our lives and we shared time together and, and then we didn't. So when we didn't, you know, when I, when I moved out, 
that time we were living in Laguna Beach, which I'm just going to say was great. <laughs> I mean, it was like living the when you're living in Laguna Beach, California, you yeah. are living the dream, literally. You live in paradise. Yeah. It's it doesn't get much better than that. It's pretty sweet. I think they made a TV show about it, didn't yeah. they? It was really shitty on MTV or something like that. <sighs> yeah, but <laughs> but that wasn't my life. No. My life. No. I was living the dream, you know? Yeah, 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 <laughs> so, for sure. So I started getting in shape. I started running trails. So anyways, we split up. I went my own way and and it kind of I was I was in a weird spot. I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. You were and, looking for some purpose. So I went I actually, you know, went they wanted me to manage more stuff and i said no man i want to go back in the field yeah i just need to not manage i I need my time right now so i did i had the opportunity to go back in the field so what that meant was i was still doing work as a forester but i was in southern california in the back country so there was a whole different set of things that i needed to be aware of because down there there's wildfires and the equipment that I, I mean, in addition to my computer and my, you know, my boots and safety cones in my truck, I also had to have fire suppression equipment and learn about that and learn that, you know, when you're going back into the woods, you got to tell the rest of your team where you are because a lot of times there's no cell phone service. Yeah. And you but have to you know. You see the mountain lion, uh, the mountain lion attacks or some other weird shit well, if you want to. There, there's that, and, and you, I mean, knowing things like knowing your ingress and your egress routes, because some of this stuff was so remote. There was one road in and one yeah. road out, and if wow. you if you were in a fire, that that's good that, to know. That y- yeah, you had to know. You, you basically it was situational awareness. Yeah, right? I think I actually did a. I recently did a podcast about situational awareness with a gentleman, and it's it's uh, and that's, it, it, it's key. And we talked about that not just in protection of with weapons training but in every situation situational awareness is so key like you said forest fire or anything like that so and that's that's kind of that this is this is where the shift started to happen yeah so it's like this point it's probably 2012 you know i'm back in the field i'm working and the guy that i was working with his name was darren Man, I hope that he hears this one day. Darren <laughs> Darren Hinesley was his name. Cool dude. He was a good guy. He was my he was my boss at that time. And we would have these safety meetings when we went into a new territory. And more often than not, we would meet every morning, you know, have a briefing for like 15 minutes, and then we'd go do our do our work and tell everybody what we were doing for the day and 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 we would just check in with each other. So when we started working in fire territory, it was very safety conscious. And then the, the talk became, and, and we had already talked about safety stuff with my, my girlfriend and I, we talked about putting together an earthquake preparedness kit because yeah. we were living in Southern California. And, and were you listening to like the survival podcast? Not at that time, okay. not at that time. And, um, but, but shortly after we split up now, I was listening to it by the time we split up because I, all this work in the field, I, it, it was Darren that that started using the word like preparedness, disaster yeah. preparedness. I and always thought, and I told I told Jack this. I always thought preppers were goofy. So did I. Yeah, and I was, and it was like I, I felt like I was. They're extremists. Yeah, they're extremists, and like, and and anybody that doesn't know that hasn't heard Rob on previous podcasts, like Rob, 
you know, this is a pro anarchist voluntarist podcast. So like Rob is in the same boat as the rest of us. If you, if you have that same flavor and you know, I always think extremist and it's like, but no, if you really want to be resilient, you have to be prepared. It's like, I look at um, my bag here, like just coming here and like, it's fucking snow. So I have two pairs of jeans, a couple pairs of shoes some boots, four pairs of socks, a couple of pairs of underwear. You like, you don't know what's going to happen. And it's even as simple as that. Like, this is just a simple road trip from Columbus to Cleveland. Simple stuff. Simple stuff. But yeah. that's, because it is so simple, that's the kind of stuff that gets overlooked. And taken for granted. Definitely. And and it it, it was at this point where, you know, I, I, I become interested in, you know, I, I realized in talking with Darren that there's all this survival stuff isn't crazy. All these guys aren't crazy. He's one of them. But he's not, he's not crazy. No. He's a normal guy. Yeah. So I start learning, you know, I'm like, well, this is, maybe there's something to this. So I, I you know, Google is your friend and yeah. um, I start learning more. And, and I, I, at this point, you know, I'm, my, 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 my political transition had also taken place over this period of time. And I went from being like an NPR listener and Obama voter in 2008 yeah. to by the time I get out to Southern California, you know, I'm all jacked up on Hannity and Limbaugh, you know. <laughs> yeah! You know, ah, capitalism like is good. The extremists. Those guys right? are bad. And, you know, Obama's bad, but these guys are good. And, I was I, I was actually, Ron Paul really did a lot for me as like a young liberal. Well, and that, that's that I got there eventually, yeah, yeah, but I yeah. had to I had to go the route from being like a progressive kind of Democrat liberal guy yeah. to, you know, to to joining uh, to growing up in the in the corporate world and and being surrounded by a bunch of conservative fake Republicans. Yeah. And, yeah. and so and I you call know, them fake because they don't have millions of dollars. I jumped on board with <laughs> yeah. that. And and ultimately, once I started, you know, learning more. I, I kind of went up the ranks like this here. Just real quick. This is kind of funny. I, you know, started off listening because I was traveling a lot. I'm on AM radio all the time. Yeah. And a lot of that was just due to the fact that I wanted to listen to talk radio where I was. Yeah. So I could pick up on like the dialect, on the accent and kind of like speak the lingo of where I was. Because if you're in a management sales, like publicity type of role, you want to be able to connect with your particular audience. Absolutely. You get it. Yeah. Speak their lingo. Yeah. yeah. You so, so that's what I did. Learn their slang. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm, it, it dawns on me that, well, no matter where I go, all these talk show hosts are talking about all this stuff, but they're saying the same thing. It's all the same. Yeah. So then I I, I I made the transition from, like, Limbaugh and Hannity to, you know, late night driving, and all of a sudden I'm listening to, like, Mark Levin. I've never heard of Mark Levin. And he's kind of interesting. Yeah. And then late, late night, I'm listening to Michael Savage. I've never heard of Michael Savage. Okay, so, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. if you go down the, 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 that the Republican hole. talk yeah, show. Yeah. It gets more hole, libertarian. Yeah. Interesting. So, you know, <laughs> this is going to – okay, this is good. Um so I, at this time, I'm, I'm like actively posting on Facebook my political viewpoints and losing lots of friends. Oh, I, I, I do it all the time. Facebook recommends and, friends to me, and I'm like, they're not my friend anymore. And also gaining <laughs> some. So yeah. a friend of mine, good friend of mine, um, fellow entrepreneur Ivar, 
from B and Bramble Fine Meads in North Carolina. Nice. Not just a mentor and a friend, but a role model. He's a he's a good guy. Yeah. And I, I have a lot of respect for him. But he sends me a link and says, Hey, I see you like Mark Levin. <laughs> if you do, you might want to check out this guy. And the guy's name was Alex Jones. Okay. So I, st- I went down that rabbit hole. <laughs> Blueprint for Global Destruction 2008. Yeah. I had a guy and uh, a guy helped. He gave me that after I watched From Freedom to Fascism by Aaron Russo first. And I was like, this guy's kind of like Michael Moore, but he's blowing him up about income tax. And I'm like, then Erwin Schiff. And I'm like, that guy's great. <laughs> So I went to Alex Jones then right afterwards. So yeah, keep going, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's like, and 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 I I I'm not a, I'm not a hater. No. I, I I Alex is a, Alex to me is a shell these days. He's maybe I don't I haven't listened to him in years, so well, I don't really know where he's at. I respect what he does because do he helps a lot of people on their journey. He helps people get to where we are. Like if people want to go another layer deeper yeah. and keep going another layer deeper, they will get to where we are. And unfortunately, I don't think a lot of people do because no. once you start to dig deeper, once you take the red pill, it gets scary. Yeah, it gets it gets to the point where I felt like Alan Moore said it best. And Alan Moore, he wrote like V for Vendetta and The Watchmen. And we'll have to follow up on this later because I want yes. to pull some of this stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, Alan Moore always said that, you know, it's not one big conspiracy. There's multiple conspiracy it, it, but the reality of the situation is, is that people are just rudderless. It's it's not that yes. It's it's not exactly. that there's one one big hive mind behind everything. It's that people are competing for power and control, and there's multiple people. Like there's the Koch brothers. I mean, we could we could go deeper and go down another rabbit hole. The, the rudderless thing though is that's key. Yeah, and that 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 kind of is a great segue into like getting off of this because this is all just minutia in the bigger picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your original question was how. Did I get here? How does permaculture (laughs) factor into my life? So I found that and and was like, okay, this is all interesting. The New World Order and the Illuminati and ah, everything, you know, ah, everybody's coming to get me. And, you know, for a while, it was great to learn about that. But then all of a sudden I got freaked out, man. Absolutely. And and then I – so I started like – dipping my toes in the water of like the prepper communities yeah. in Southern California. California might not, in most people's eyes, may not be the pinnacle of the prepper movement, if you will. Yeah. But if you get away from the coast, there's a lot of people out there who think that way. Well, even so, I would say it from this way, like having friends that, I mean, I have a friend, uh, Water Boxer. He's a great dude. I know him from like the Death Squad, Rogan community. And like Water Boxer, he's made points like you could you could literally have everything you need from the ocean to survive, like food and, and everything you need. But Water Boxer, like, you know, he's a, he's a vegetarian, but he's like, look, if it came down to it, I'd kill a man if it was protecting my family. Like, I, I respect him. And like, there's a weird thing where a lot of people think California is uber liberal because there are a lot of uber liberals there that, really fucked up but the people that aren't that the byproduct of that there's always like the synth antithesis to whatever else is there and it's like just like going to arizona like we talked about at b-dubs like i went to the jackalope freedom festival and in arizona like those dudes are extreme they all got guns on their holsters i'm like these are my kind of fucking people like i i fit in with you guys i'm not gonna wear my gun in my holster and all that shit but 
I like it. Like, yeah. That's not my style, but I like it. And I feel like California is the same way, though. It 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 is. You just have to find it. Yeah. And it's like that everywhere. Yeah. There's people that I that you can identify with and vice versa that'll identify with you if you look hard enough. Absolutely. A lot of times what it takes is the catalyst to start up a movement where you are to yeah. get people on board with what you're on board with. Absolutely. And that's when things start to grow. So it's well, see, it's even just like us in Ohio. Like you're into the you were into permaculture just like me. And I was like, well, this guy's in Ohio. I should drive up here and hang out with him. And I was bugging you to hang out. Yeah. And like, you know what I mean? It was like, let's let's start something. I'm in Columbus, not far. Greg Burns is around the corner. I know you're friends with him. Let's yeah. yeah. It's the same thing, anyways. I don't want to interrupt no, you too much. So so it, it, getting involved in that, like you you if you're into it, or if you're familiar with the God, I hate it. I hate it. I hate the word, the prepper movement. Yeah. You, you know, you, you get to see there are a lot of people that are crazy, kind of like the people that are on yeah. these TV shows that I haven't seen them, but like <laughs> I hear about them. Like, uh, uh, what's that? What is the name of the prepper show? The disaster preppers or I don't know. I don't whatever. watch TV it's, either, man. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. there's that, there's the show that just shows the guy or and his but, family in the yeah. bunker and they do all these like, goofy training exercises with nerf guns or yeah. whatever and fine man if that's your thing that's your thing and i certainly ran into those people and i was like this is weird dude i you know and a lot of it i found through meetup groups yeah which meetup.com is a great it's awesome. resource it's yeah. a great thing for physical networking like with humans yeah which is what we're kind of designed to do is be social yeah. creatures not sit behind a keyboard and like try and network cyber in the cyber yeah. world, I mean, like we go actual meat like space. physical contact, like meat, I like to call hands. it meat space. Yeah, yeah, and and even um, when we go to San Diego for PV three, which we should both say we're we're going to be absolutely yeah. figuring out who we're all going to room together in between Kurt Henry, Scott Hebert, you and I. I got, I mean, I have good friends that I met at Jackalope, and they all were like these pro and cap guys. All met through Meetup.com. Yeah, and they meet every week and they hang out. It's a great fellowship. It's a great platform. I mean, for everything, not just like the anarcho-capitalist, you know, prepper guy. It's whatever, whatever, whatever floats your boat or tickles your fancy. Like, it's a great platform. But so I started to get involved with that. But at the same time, I was also like transitioning out of being in the field. I was wanting to get back here to Ohio, so. I so had out of years of trying to escape Ohio, you figured out yeah. I need to return. Yeah, because after they bought the property, my folks, that is, bought this property in 2007, you know, I go through this whole journey of working my way up the corporate ladder to realize that this is bullshit and it's not yeah. for me, that now I got to get back out in the field and get away from that. While at the same time, like people, you know, my, 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 my boss's boss down there is approaching me like, Hey man, we got this job in Texas, you know, it would be awesome. You can be based out of Austin. Like all you got to do is just check. You don't have to travel as much. Like just go there. It's like taken care of you. It's gravy, dude. They did the number of, we don't want to lose you. So we're going to give you this job. Yeah. And they're like, we've cool we got this position city. that need, I mean, you is right up your alley. And I'm like, no, man, I, I want to move to Ohio. That's what I'm doing. That I'm saving money to get there. I'm not interested. Thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. 
And they so, came to me a second time. They're so, like, but like, what made you say I want to get back to out? Because you were like, that's where I'm going, man. All right, all right, that's where I'm going. All right, all right. So, all right. so at this point, I already what what made me what yeah. got me to back to Ohio was coming back after breaking up with my girlfriend, coming back for the holidays, realizing how what my family meant to me. Yeah, not everybody's got a close family. I'm blessed in how the family that I have. I I love my parents. I love my brother and my sister. We're very close. Yeah. And be, because of some of the things that I've dealt with on account of my epilepsy, um, they're, they're, it, it, it makes me look at life through a different set of lenses. And that's important to not take things for granted if you have that going for you. So plus it was more as I got involved in this like sustainability – Thing, I realized, well, there's all this land that needs to be utilized or that can be utilized. My my parents can't do it, can't go it alone. So I, I started, that was kind of the time where I be, had this like idea of, okay, I'm going to help them. We're going to, we're going to turn this, you know, all around here. This was farmed grain conventionally for decades. We're going to, I was like, okay, I'm, we're going to turn this into a, you know, an a, a productive, abundant place. They were. They, they had recently started selling at farmers markets. Just piddly stuff, you know, breads, yeah. candles, lotions. Uh, That's pretty cool. They're making limited candles, produce. Though. You know, yeah. they're just they're 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 hustling their ass off trying to make it work. And I just figured I can help them. I can help them do more. Yeah, you're you're a sales guy. You come from a sales background. Like I I, I had a similar thing with my stepmom's art. Like you know what? Like you know I I had a a shaky relation. It wasn't shaky, but you know, like I mean, I'm a I'm a fucking asshole. If I'm not like, if I'm, it, I was influenced as a child, and I could be an asshole, and like, so I was kind of an asshole to my stepmom. She, her, and I didn't have the best relationship, and now you know, super close. We've talked outside of the podcast, and like, I was, you know, she's an artist, and I'm like, look, I'm a sales guy working kiosks. It's a booth. It's the same thing. And I sold a shit ton of her art because it was cool art. And now I feel like similar thing for you. You're like, you know, look, you guys aren't salespeople. Like, you guys are whatever convocation you guys came from. Yeah. Or vocation, not convocation, but vocation you guys came from. Like, I can help you guys. I And also, I, I like this stuff you're doing, but let's make it better. Is that the sort of what you were going for? It, pretty much. And and ultimately this this would be just another way to I they they were figuring out the garden, but but I by no means am I like the expert market gardener, but I have worked with plants since I was nineteen. I'm yeah. thirty eight now. So I understand how they work. I, yeah. I can I, I can look at a plant that I'm not really familiar with. Yeah, and 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 just sort of be able to troubleshoot what's going on if there's an issue, or or I, did, I I can how did read you learn plants. Troubleshooting in a sense, like was that just from working with plants? Um, it was with working with plants, but but a lot of the 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 troubleshooting element came from working in in project management. Yeah, because the projects and the nature of what we did was. Uh, <laughs> A lot of times we would go in after a previous contract, we just screwed something up. Yeah. And we would we would have to fix it. Yeah. So and I, I would get stuck on these projects because I could 
it wasn't like I could find all the problems, but I could I could look around at the people that I was working with and I could figure out yeah. what your skill set is. Yeah, and you so could say I could, you I could do say, this. okay, this is what we need to do. You you know, go do this. Like and I would just kind of be the puppeteer, like everybody, I was just managing stuff. I wasn't You were good at working with people and managing people that knew what problems could be there. Yeah, I didn't have to know anything about it as long as the people that I worked with did. Totally. You know, um, I never thought about it that way. but that's Yeah, yeah, if you heard that story, though, like Henry Ford, some guy was trying to prove that he was dumb because they said he didn't know anything, but all the people around him, so you'd ask him a question, you'd call a different guy in the room every time, and he made the reporter look stupid. Yeah. He's like, I don't need to know that because they know that. Yeah. And, and that's, that's it. It's, it's, I think the best, the best managers are the best people, the people that are best suited for management positions are the ones that are the quickest to say that they don't understand Yeah, and understand that other people do. So, yeah. So, you know, but, but to go back full circle, like I ended up, they kept on, they approached me twice for this position in Austin. Yeah. And I, I kind of got to thinking like, all right, I said, I, I ended up going back to them and said, you guys want me in Austin. I don't necessarily want it, but this is how, this is, this is what I propose. Yeah. I said, you're going to pay me this much money. Uh, you're going to put me up in a hotel. You're going to pay all my living expenses. I'm going to keep the car that I have. I'm going to drive that there. I will do this. Uh, and I will hold this position for eight to 10 months or 12 months if that's what it takes. I will find somebody to, I will manage everything in the interim. I will find somebody to take my position and train them to do everything that needs to be done. Yeah. And then I'm out. Absolutely. And that's it. And at that point, I figured I can live on the road. Hell, I did it for years. I can do it again. But at this time, I don't have rent. I don't have all those living expenses. I'm just banking cash. And this time you're doing it on your terms, which is more importantly. And I didn't. Ex- and, you're, and you're doing it with a purpose. And it's, I didn't expect them to go for it. Yeah. Because I, I threw out some numbers that were. Ridiculous kinda, to you. Yeah. And 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 I did it on a Friday and they came back. He's like, well, I'm going to. Think about it on the weekend. I'm going to have to run this by Jack and, you know, run this up the chain and gives me a call on money. He's like, all right, you're good. Can we get you there in 30 days? I was like, oh shit. So I started shipping all my stuff back, man. And 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 all of a sudden, you know, what's important to realize is during this time, like the couple months prior, this was like this was uh early to mid 2013 now. Yeah. So I am I am I am tuned in and I am listening to podcasts. I'm I'm listening to good old AJ. I actually heard of Jack Spierko through Alex Jones. Yeah. So, you know, Alex Jones is like, oh, there's some survivalist guy up in, uh, you know, this part of Texas. And then I'm like, oh, that's, that's interesting. So I, I turn in, I, I tune in to Jack Spierko, and his approach on preparedness was a little less. Whoa, well, there's some crazy storm what we're shit here going in on. Is the high, on tunnel. The, uh, high tunnel. The snow is just falling off the plastic right now. Holding up the mic in the air, and I'm hoping it can. I hope, I hope you cool. guys could hear that because it was really cool. Anyway, but so I start, I start listening to Jack in like, you know, 2013. 20, 2013, yeah. 
And his approach was logical, a lot less extreme. And within just a couple of months of listening to him, I started going back, listening to all his back episodes. Within a couple of months of listening to him, I discover the Permaculture Voices podcast. Yeah. Because Jack starts talking about permaculture, permaculture, permaculture. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell is this? Yeah. So I start in my effort to learn more about permaculture. I hear about this Permaculture Voices podcast, which is new, and Diego Footer is <laughs> now I'm in Texas and I'm hearing this dude that's yeah. literally lived in the next town where I lived in San Diego. Yeah. I'm like, damn it. There's all this cool stuff going yeah. on in San Diego, and I missed it. Diego's Diego's great too because he really tries. I talked to him when I interviewed him. And he was like, "Yeah, I, I I'd like NPR to just come up to me and say we want you to do a show about what you're doing. Wouldn't that be fantastic? Yeah, and he sounds so good, and wouldn't have all the. He's got the NPR voice. He does, and that's what I said because I, <laughs> I I I don't like I, I I when I when I sell stuff like I. I may be close to do it, but it's very forced. But Diego we get comes, a little bit more animated. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, I do. I, I in your face. I, yeah. I I'm very. I, I want it to be a casual guy. Like that. That was the thing that to me. Like if you listen to Spirico versus Diego, like Diego is a casual guy. If you talk to him outside of Permaculture Voices, like he's a, just a normal dude. And um, Jack, but that's Jack's thing. Uh, you know, that's a saying. Like a uh, the worldview of a simple man doing trying to do simple things. I I don't remember. I've listened to a ton of episodes and I don't listen. But you know what I'm saying. So, but anyways, it, that was okay. So this is this is kind of where the story. And I, I just I, I got to stop with with this whole story because it like I'm in Austin. I'm there for a couple months. It's great. It's going well. Again, the friend who got married. We started doing this annual trip. Long story short, that's the, the same buddy we, that I, where the transition started to happen, bachelor party, married. We started doing these annual trips together, literally and figuratively. Yeah. This time, uh, first one was in Joshua Tree. He came over to my turf. Second one, I came over to his turf. We went into the Utah backcountry, Capitol Reef National National Park. Utah is a cool place uh, from what I've heard. It's fantastic. Uh, we could probably talk for hours about the Church of Latter-day Saints and the government there, but that's another topic. There's that and just the landscape. It's Yeah, it's beautiful. Man, if you're an outdoorsy, outdoor enthusiast. Um, the salt lakes are incredible, too. It's There's so many neat things. But <laughs> while I was there... Um, I, and, and, and leading up to that, while I was in Texas, I, I started having more and more seizures. Oh, wow. I, do you know why? Yeah. Yeah. I just wasn't Happy. taking care of myself. Yeah, really yeah, well. yeah. But I was on a project. I was making money. Oh, yeah. I was making it happen. I didn't have time for that shit. Uh, okay. So I neglected it. Yeah, you can't neglect yourself. No, and here's why. <laughs> because when you do, bad things happen. Yeah. And for me, the bad thing was going on this trip. Uh, it was not, I mean, it was only late September, October, but there were enough, I mean, it was dipping down into the 20s at night. So, yeah. You know, there were, when you have a seizure, weird things happen. And there were a couple mornings where I woke up like pretty much half naked because I was like taking off my sleeping bag and 
you know, my, my friend Rick is just like, what, what the hell's going on, man? And I was like, I don't know. I, you know, I don't know. And I, I, I knew, but I didn't want to like scare him and we're climbing and we're doing a bunch of stuff and I'm having seizures and I got lucky that nothing happened like while we were climbing or doing anything like that. And, uh, but on the way back, the last thing I remember was as we left the park, we stopped to get a burger and a, and a, and a milkshake at this weird, cool little this, joint. this weird joint, like in the yeah. middle of nowhere. That's just totally like outfitted with grateful yeah, like, dead paraphernalia. Oh, and like, Jerry's kids. It's just weird, like weird shit in Utah, man. Yeah, like yeah, you're yeah. just out in nowhere land getting a milkshake, looking at all this dead paraphernalia on the walls. And it's cool. Especially after a week long excursion into the great unknown. Yeah. Which is kind of where we were at. <laughs> so, um, at that point I left and I fell asleep. So I thought, and so he thought, and it was like a six, seven hour ride back to Denver. During that time, I wasn't sleeping. I was having seizures constantly. So I went into a state called status epilepticus, where basically you are having a continuous seizure and you don't come out when you go in. So it's kind of like a psychosis, but through seizures? Yeah, sort of. I guess you could say yeah. that. And and the only way to like get you out is to, when your computer starts, if you're a Mac user, you've got the spinning pizza. Yeah. If you're a PC user, you've got the spinning blue wheel. Yeah. And if things just, you know, start spinning, well, you got to control alternate delete or do whatever you do on a Mac to to reset and reboot the computer. Well, the way that you do that with a human is you run an IV of propothal and shut the body down. So how did he find out that he could see you seizing? Because by the time we got back to his house and he's like, hey, dude, wake up. You wouldn't wake up. Hey. Hey, dude. Oh, fuck. Oh, shit. Yeah. Then he... You know, he comes, grabs his wife, and That's gra not, grabs the ambulance. Because I saw that on Facebook um, before we really connected. I was like, "Yo, you were in the hospital this year, dude. Like, I'm glad you're all right now." Like, it was it was a crazy, crazy sort of story you told me real quick on Facebook. Yeah, it was because it was like memories, and it's a picture of you in the hospital bed or something. Like yeah, that. yeah. So, I mean, just a you know, less than two years. Well, two and a half years ago, I guess at this point. Yeah, I was. I spent, I spent uh, four days in ICU, and um, and I had to put that whole project on hold. My 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 mom flew out to. God bless Rick for connecting with my family and getting everybody involved. But she flew out, and I I basically was just like, shit, man, I I can't go back to work. I can't. I couldn't drive. I couldn't do anything. I was. That was a mess. That was kind of a mess after being on a ventilator in intensive care for four days or whatever it was. Well, it makes you think about your life for it, sure. It it does the and, mortality of it, and that that's kind of the thing. So like, at that time, I had already purchased tickets to the first Permaculture Voices conference. I was so and it was stoked. because of Jack Spirico and yeah, I heard Survival I heard of Permaculture yeah. through Jack. Checked out Diego Footers. Checked out Diego Footer. I'm listening to all this stuff. I'm getting really excited about and and basically that's what the Permaculture Voices podcast started as. It was it was like a promotional thing that, for Diego to Promote to start the pushing the the conference. 
I got so stoked on it. I was like, man, I'm I'm in. Yeah. I, whatever this is, whatever this permaculture thing is, I need to learn more about it. And that sounds like a great opportunity to do so. Yeah. Hell, man. First one, Jeff Lawton, Paul yeah. Wheaton, Joel Salatin, yeah, yeah, the, Greg yeah, the Judy. Big fucking hitters. All the names, yeah. you know, everybody. And and that's a whole nother story. We, yeah, can, yeah, we yeah. can talk about that more offline because I stayed in the house with Paul Wheaton. And like, yeah. Before I know it, I'm having dinner with Jeff Lawton and Seth Peterson. That's awesome. You know, all these, all these guys. It's just Toby Hemingway was there. I mean, Toby Hemingway's a gangster. Ri- ri- ridiculous. Um, that was actually – it's a whole other thing. That's a whole other story off during, during his keynote last year, he blasts up this big – you know, the anarchist A. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the 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 traditional picture of the permaculture designer's manual and they put an A on top of it That's yeah sick. and it blew everybody's mind That's man sick. they're like Toby Hemingway's an anarchist yeah every but and Bill Bill Bill's an anarchist he is Jeff's too. an anarchist and it's like because people don't understand what voluntarism <laughs> and anarchism actually oh, is oh that 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 when when I, when I saw that on the screen I looked around and there was like there were mouths gaping open. So many fucking And there Bernie were so fans. many fists in the yeah. air like, yeah! And then other yeah. people were like, oh my God. Yeah. At any rate, yeah. this this is, so I come home. I don't have anything going for me. I can't drive. The only thing going for me was the fact that I had a ticket to Permaculture Voices. That's crazy. I went back to, I end up going back to Permaculture Voices. I met some people. It changed my life, man. Yeah. It changed my life. And whatever this is, this permaculture thing, you want to yeah. call it regenerative, you want to call it agrarian, you want to yeah. call it permaculture, you want to bicker about the third ethic, you want to fight about whatever you want to fight about. Stupid shit. That's fine, man. You can choose to you know, stick around and hover about the divisive nature of whatever the fuck you want to deal with, yeah. or you can focus on getting and delivering results. Yeah. And the people that I connect with are doing that. The people that you connect with yeah. are doing that. Yeah. And that's what makes it exciting to talk about because while everybody's got their own story, the story is interesting, but what's even more interesting is not just what people did to get to where they are, but what they're doing now to get to where they want to be. Absolutely. And that's where it's at. Yeah. And that's what matters. Yeah. And so you know, am I just stoked on permaculture? Yeah. yeah. But like, that is just like, that's just the tip of the iceberg because there's so many people that are doing so many awesome things that, you know, I I, I said on the podcast with Diego and, and Curtis that I can't change my life or I can't change the world, but I can change mine. Yeah. And I think that there's a lot of people that look at permaculture in a way that they want to change the world, but the ones that are actively doing things and getting the best results are the ones who are focused on their own. And that's what actually changes the world. Bingo, dude. Yeah. It's, it's really not that it, complicated. It's really not. It's, it's you know, we, we talked about this before. For me, it was, you know, when I was at a tipping point in my life, it was figuring out that all I had to do was love myself and be good to myself. And it's like, you know... Eating food, like when I, I started, like, I'm going to take care of myself. Eating food, making my own food is what got me on the path of permaculture. And now me taking care of me, it's like I'm so passionate about it. I see people around me like, oh, what are you doing? Oh, you're doing some – wow, that's interesting. I'm like, I don't think it's interesting. I think it's 
I mean, it's interesting, but it's like, I don't think it's special. I just think it's something that everybody should be doing. And then it's, and because it, we look at it so simple, because to us it's simple and normal. And to us, we think this is what you should be doing. It's earth shattering to everybody that's caught up in a nine to five or watching TV or letting, and that's a funny white people thing. White people pretend that's a, that's a cool white person thing. I don't want to watch TV, which is funny. But, anyways, <laughs> but it's, it's 100% true. But, you know, you know, the way we're plugged in is different than so many other people. The way we do things differently is different to so the way we do things is different to so many people that it it ends up making an influence. And then people talk to you and they put you on a pedestal and you're like, I'm I'm just like you. I'm just doing what I think is good for me and I'm doing what I know is right for me. And I'll help you do what you want to do. But it, you know, just let me know. I'm here. This is what I'm doing. You can either do it or not. And I'm not here to waste my time because I got shit I want to do. But if you really want to help, let's do it. And that's what it is, right? It, yeah, it it really is. And you know, it, if who, for the people that are listening to this, I mean, that's that's not just some some comment that Drew made. That, <laughs> yeah. To to sound like good and wholesome and no, and whatever. I mean, that is that is. That's, and, that's and, why and, we're here today. Well, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I mean, like, there's a lot of people out there that that say, like, oh, yeah, I want to help and whatever. And, and you know, that's that's their front or some for some scheme, and they're in this yeah. to make money. And, and you know, hell, man, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm in this to make money, too. Like, I want to pay I want to pay my fucking self to, like, like I'm, I'm – like, look, I've tried to be a social justice warrior, and it failed miserably. Y- y- yeah. And, and, you know, you – there, there's, there are people who, in the permaculture spheres, there are people who charge money for the product or service that they deliver. Yeah. And it's up to us as consumers to determine whether or not that product or service has value Yeah, in a way that's appropriate to us. You can get and obtain all the information about permaculture freely if you want to work hard enough to get it because it's yeah. all out there and hell if you want it connect with me yeah. like send me an email or you know connect with me on the website at deliberate living systems i'll give you all that yeah, crap we should, for we free. should probably talk about that because we got about five minutes and yeah we gotta really wrap i'll it give up. away all this stuff because i will give away everything that's been freely given to me yeah that's the beauty of it because it's yeah. just out there floating around yeah and and because of the impact that it's had for me in my life, especially over the past few years, it pleases me to no end when I can share that yeah, with somebody it really and, does. and get somebody as stoked as I am. Really Maybe even does. just a, just this much of, of, of the stoke factor that I have, which is high. Yeah. Like this, this has been monumental for the changes that have taken place in my life and not just it hasn't changed my life, but it's given me the opportunity, the courage, the inspiration, and motivation to change my own life. Yeah. Not just, nothing changes me. I mean, really, to I, live, I, I, live I put on my big boy a, pants and changed my life. And live, everybody live can do it. Live with a purpose, right? Yeah. 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 That's, that's the key is finding your purpose. And this is, mm. this is what I can do. This is, this, is, this is what makes me get up and get excited and 
come in seven degree weather to fucking help rob what are we doing out here not yeah we're hanging out man like what are we doing we're drinking barley wine we're enjoying our lives like this is great this is ohio like you know what i mean like this is what we got to do in a hoop house in ohio like you gotta knock the snow off but that's it's fun like we've had fun like we've had a blast today and it's and that's the whole thing i think um you know I want you to plug your business because we really got to go. We're having too much fun talking okay, right now. Yeah, I guess we do. Yeah, I'll yeah, follow we, your lead. You're watching yeah, the it's, time. It's I'm just sitting here blathering we like got, an idiot. We got 15 oh, minutes to we get really to this library. To yeah, we really do. Shit. <laughs> yeah, I know, man. Like, we okay, were whatever. To lunch. Um, Deliberate Living Systems. <laughs> I cut you a check today for this yeah. awesome landscape fabric that yeah, you're we, now we, a broker. We did a little of. business. We did. Um, yeah. Yeah. For those that are interested, my name is Rob. Rob Kaiser. My business is Deliberate Living Systems. You can find me on the internet at deliberatelivingsystems.com. If you want to reach out through a quick email, rob at deliberatelivingsystems.com is my email address. I'm on Facebook and all kinds of social media. Connect with me there. I'd love to talk with you about anything. And Drew, I I appreciate you yeah, throwing dude, the it was idea great out time, there, man. It was to a great do time, like man. A field recording here in the I, high tunnel. I, I threw this out so long ago. And we've been meaning to do it. We're both busy. Like, we're both really busy dudes. Like, we've been trying to, like, we're going to room together at PV3. We're in the profitable urban farming course together. I mean, we're in the community. So check out the affiliate site, guys. It's You'll see Curtis Stone on the website. But just go to profitable urban farming. You don't even have to use my affiliate site. Just It's worth the information like, uh, for what we're, what uh, we're and, learning. And again... The, the course isn't cheap. No, but, but it's the old saying, the, the old standby, you pay, you get what you pay for, applies here without a doubt. Absolutely. Be, because not only the information contained within the course, but the community that's formed on account of the course. This is why is we're worth here. worth its weight and yeah. gold. I mean, that's a big part of what we're doing. That's yeah. part of who we're connecting with at, at the Permaculture Voices Conference. It's, it's just good stuff. It's going to be a fun time. Yeah, it's going to be so, awesome. So big shout out to uh, the Survival Podcast, Permaculture Voices. Yeah, I mean, we're, we, it's, you know, we got to, whatever we're doing, whatever the sample hour is, whatever. I mean, it, it's all about living with a purpose, man. That's what it really is about. And just so whatever your passion is, you might not give a shit about anything Rob and I talked about, but not yet. Like, you know, listening to Rob's story. Figuring out how he got to where he got here. I think that's the biggest thing. Like you figured out what you needed to do to find fulfillment in your life. And I think everybody should do that. Totally. And it's not just figuring out what you want to do. Life yeah. is a journey. It is. And as yeah. long as you, when you reach the point where you're content with yeah. what you've got, then you lose. <laughs> it's hundred percent true. <laughs> that's, man. that's, that's not the goal to get, to be content with where you're at. It's to always continue to want more. Yeah. Because as long as we continue to do that, we'll get more and we'll continue that journey. Absolutely. And never be satisfied. Big shout out to Rogue and their barley wine. Because it was it was delicious and Rob and I are feeling really Fueled good. Fueled right our now. minds. <laughs> it really did. <laughs> Fueled our minds and our passions. Shout out to uh local brewery here, Loggerheads. They also helped. We had a couple beers from there. But uh Rob, looking forward to being roommates and comrades yeah, in the buddy. future, man. Uh, anyways, guys, check out Rob. Friend him on Facebook. The farm is called York Meadow Farm. Follow That's him on Instagram, Twitter. Like him on Facebook. Deliberate Living Systems, LLC. Hit up Rob on Facebook. He's one of the friendliest dudes on Facebook. And actually, you look at the Discuss. You guys feel free to comment on this podcast. Rob and I both have Discuss. Love to talk to you. Thank you guys so much, and uh, 
Looking forward to bringing you guys a new show soon. Yeah.